Hi, this is Pam and this is Must Love Food. Thanks for joining me today. I've got Maddie and John with me and we are, since it is drum roll, September, can you believe it? Oh, gosh, I can't. Uh, I think we all think of fall a lot as cast iron season. If you, um, you know, early fall camping um, or sitting out by the fire or even grilling, you can always use your cast iron pan. It's perfect in um, on your stovetop, in your oven. I have two skillets that I keep on my stovetop all the time. Um, I, of course, have a Dutch oven. And I, I've told these guys before, if um, my line has always been, if, if cast iron was good enough for the pioneers, it's good enough for me. And if I only had one pan or pot, whatever, um, it would be cast iron. Probably a skillet, but maybe a Dutch oven because it might actually have greater universality because uh, of the higher <laughs> size and you can still kind of skillet in it. Um, and whether that's a, an enameled one um, or not an enameled one, um, they, they both are great. I do think the enameled one maybe have some slight advantages, but they are more expensive, but you can find some good options out there. But, uh, and in fact, in our holiday issue, we have a little article about Dutch ovens and it talks about the different, um, um, what the composition, what they're made of and things like that. But anyway, welcome. Uh, after that long lead up um, about cast <laughs> iron. <laughs> Just so exciting to talk about it. There's too much to say. I, I was wondering, you kept going on about seasoning and cast iron and cast iron season. And I thought, well, is this a good segue into seasoning your cast iron? I, I think it is, John. <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, that is kind of where I think a lot of people think about. And I think some people do get a little scared of the thought of having to season something, even though it is incredibly easy. Um, and most pans that you buy now come pre-seasoned. I still think you want to, like any good old grandma cast iron, it's, it's basically use and time that builds up that nice patina on it <laughs> um, and it gets it really nonstick. It's the, it's the original nonstick pan. Absolutely. Um, and a lot of times some people even, I don't know if you guys have come across it, but you'll find kind of at thrift stores or something, there's a bunch of cast iron pans that just need to be reseasoned, and people just forget that it's easy to do and brings it right back where some will just get rid of it thinking, Oh, it's done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, no, it has so much year. life. <laughs> so, John, do you want to start maybe talking on the seasoning, um, about seasoning? Well, I was going to say, just to add on to what uh, Maddie was saying. Sure. If, if you're at the thrift store and you uh -huh. find those pans, you might actually find somebody's pan that's already been seasoned over decades. You yeah. Know, and it's nice and smooth on the bottom and whatnot. So it's something to look out for. But mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and again, even if you have bought a pre-seasoned cast iron pot, plant, pan, or whatever skillet, it doesn't mean you can neglect it. You still have to do upkeep and keep it clean and, and water-free pretty much. Uh, it may resist it, but it's not impervious. So, uh, well, let's start, you know, with just cleaning. And uh, a lot of people are afraid that they're going to take that patina off. But if it's really baked or stuck on stuff on your pan, you feel free to use a chore boy and, and scrub it off, scrub it down. You can even uh, use a little bit of soap on there. There's no problem with that. You can. I, I uh, do. It's not going to de-season it. 
unless you just let it soak or you know i don't know right throw a borax in there or something. yeah if, I don't know <laughs> if i've cooked something maybe with a, a strong odor um or that's really stuck on i might use a little soap but it's a very quick bath and it's a quick dry and then i usually do a coating of some spray right on top of it and kind of wipe off yeah. the excess personally mm-hmm and, yeah. you know, desserts like a cobbler, I tend to as well, just because it's sticky right. and it's uh -huh. kind of hard. It doesn't just quite rinse off that it does need a good little cleaning. But, you know, soap is fine, people. <laughs> I will do um, coarse salt, too, for some of those stuck on things. Um, oh, that's a great idea. Salt yeah. in it. Too. I often do that. Uh -huh. Back when I was young and stupid and before I really started <laughs> cooking. But my sister uh, went off to live in Europe and she gifted me uh, a whole set of lodge cast iron that she'd bought and she'd used for camping and whatnot and over the years I divested myself of, a, of all but one pan and I, I said okay well now that I know a little bit better I'm going to use it and uh, when I got it and started using it it had been exclusively used over campfires to fry fish oh. <laughs> so there, there was no getting that smell of trout or bass out of there. there just no way I could possibly get it done. But that one became your fish pan. <laughs> that's my fish pan now. Yeah. Yes, that's usually when I pull out the salt after I've cooked um, fish in it or something, and I try to clean it pretty quickly. So, uh, so you were talking about cleaning, um, John, and then, um, yeah, so if it's stuck on, if you use a little soap and a little water, you know, just be very judicious on the amount you're using. Um, yeah. And a lot of times, if, if it's not that bad, I will just wipe the pan. And then, like I said, I kind of try to do a spray of some nonstick just because it's easy and then kind of dab it and wipe up a little bit of excess. But Let's talk about seasoning, because the idea of of this is that it builds up kind of a coating, a seasoned coating on the pan, so things basically don't stick to it. And that's why people who've had their pans forever have, as you said before, John, like that smooth surface. Because when you buy um, like a brand new lodge pan, let's say, and I mean, there are other brands too, but they're they're primarily the, the leader in the market, obviously, but they it, there's a little bit of um, texture on the pan and right. um, over time it becomes smooth after use and seasoning. Actually the the nonstick spray goes a long way to start building that up mm -hmm. over the time so it's, it's micro size droplets or whatever so right the mist that it puts down. Exactly we were talking earlier uh, about if you buy a pan say at a yard sale or a, a thrift store or something and it looks bad, but you know that the pan is still good. So if you were gonna season it, what would you do? I mean, I know what I would do, I'm just- Oh, well, you know, clean it up really well and make sure you got the rust off the bottom. And that's the other thing is it's not just the bottom of the pan. You have this whole pan to consider. You have the bottom of it uh, that may well be rusty and you wanna get all the rust off um, for sure. And then it should be looking fairly matte, I guess would be the, you know, color of it. And so um, put a light coat of oil on it. Uh, there's a couple different ways to do it, I'm sure. Uh, but one of the ways is to um, put a light coat of oil in it, put it in a low oven upside down with a sheet pan underneath it and sort of just let it bake on 
so you're not getting spots it's more evenly distributed oh i've it, never uh, done it that way i have always I done it bottom just on the rack but i understand you would get mm -hmm. some spots from the rack so if you turn it upside down onto i did not and i usually do it in a 350 oven that's interesting um yeah well, one thing um i would mention it's too, a matter of if you're going to do it over a long period of time or you know sure <laughs> sure um and i usually leave it in there for an hour um yeah and then you want to let that Easy. baby cool because that's <laughs> one of the things after you've sort of baked or cooked on that oil into the pan to, to sort of bring it, you know, help it get its luster back. It's going to be very, very hot. So you want to be very careful. Um, and then you're going to wipe up some excess and things like that. But that is one of the nice things about cast iron. It's actually a slow conductor of heat, but it is a very even conductor of heat and it retains heat for a while. And so, and typically a cast iron pan is, as John was saying before, it's the bottom, it's the sides, it's the handle, everything. And so it's baked in there for a while. Um, oh, the oils. I normally just use a very neutral oil too. Absolutely. Like a vegetable yeah. oil or something to that effect. Yeah. Um, why go to the expense? I mean. <laughs> right. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is there anything else on cleaning or, or seasoning that we want to talk about? I mean, I think it's pretty, you know, pretty easy. Yep. And pr you know, I mean, I think some people can be intimidated, but it's really, you know, not something to be intimidated by. Right. They last it's a long cast time. Iron. <laughs> right, exactly. It's durable. Like I said, mm -hmm. it's been around since the pioneer days and it's going to be here around here long after we're gone. One little factoid. Um, I just remembered it was funny because I after going to the doctor a couple of years ago or something, they were doing some blood work and she was like, yeah, your iron level is really good. And I said, well, I cook in cast iron a lot. And she said, I think you're getting some benefits from that. And there is some truth to that. You do get a little bit of iron with cast iron. I mean, it's not going to flavor the food. You're not no. going to be going, I, I magnetize now. But, right. But I can feel it in my fillings. One percent or one to three percent of the RDA you can pick up, uh, I think it is, of your iron for uh, cooking in a cast iron pan. Oh, nice. I didn't know. So that it can be percentage. significant. Sure. Or it might be 0.1 to 0.3. Uh, right, right. <laughs> well, a lot of women tend to be iron deficient too, or, or more women, I think, are iron mm. deficient. Um, and so it is something to, to be mindful of. And then in terms of shapes and sizes, I mean, cast iron really comes in a variety of, of vessels. There's, as we talked about earlier, Dutch oven. So that's like a pot with a lid, kind of deep sided. I, I like something that's typically like a five, but between the like five to eight range in there, five to six or seven to eight quart range. You can cook a nice stew. You can probably put um, a small chicken in there. Some bread. Uh, Bread. Oh, yeah, yeah. that is. Oh, yeah. Actually, that's another thing that we did in um, the holiday winter issue. We did Dutch oven rolls. I forgot about that. And I have done also bread, no need bread cooked in the cast iron. And what the beauty of that is, it's because, again, it's such a good retainer of heat. And it also, you know, if your if your dough is a little highly hydrated, there's some steam mechanism going on in that contained pot which is what you want in bread baking. And so 
it gives you great crust on the outside of the bread that you can't really get in just putting it openly in the oven, in a regular oven, like you would in a commercial oven or something like that. Um, also here in what, 149, the upcoming issue, we're going to be featuring a cast iron vessel that was designed specifically for making bread in. Oh, that's right. In the, 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 challenger the fall bread. issue. So in the fall issue, it's already out. Mm -hmm. That's right. In, in the now. And you can use both the top and the bottom separately too, as a vessel too, I believe. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Almost like a right. oblong wok or something. Because <laughs> it's decently yeah. deep, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. There's yeah. like a flat surface and then kind of like a dome topper kind mm -hmm. of thing to go over top. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, I think the beauty of that one is that it, it's the shape. So it's sort of a more of a loafy shape for people who want to bake bread and not just do a, a boule. It is pretty heavy too. So <laughs> that is the one drawback of cast iron. And I, I have gifted cast iron. Um, I, when I've moved in the past, believe me, I've gifted many pieces of very nice <laughs> cast iron to people. It is, yeah, it's heavy. I was like, I, I'm not carrying this anymore. I, I need to lighten my load, literally and figuratively. And, and when you add food into it, it ups the weight even more. Sure. <laughs> but um, so, as I said, Dutch oven, there's griddles. They're great for, like, cooking pancakes. Um, I love, like, a double burner griddle. I had a double burner one, and I think it's, I think I kept the smaller one. But it's, a ha one side is a grill, and the other side is a griddle. It's great for in cooking inside in the winter or something when you want sort of that grill feel. And if you want to do some shrimp or something like that, it, it cooks up so easily. Even a steak gives you the great heat conductivity and char and you'll get really good lines on your um, on your steak and all that kind of stuff, I find. Well, and we did the uh, cover story about smash burgers a while back. And I know uh -huh. we did it with an electric griddle at the time, but yes. I think you know a cast iron would be ideal yes yes a, a smash burger so if you only have a skillet cooking in a skillet but if you do have a griddle i think the access and that was because you press down with two um spatulas together and yeah. so the open sides on a griddle where there is no sides basically it makes it yeah. much easier to work on that kind of surface than in a skillet but if you only have a skillet you'll make it work which also, it was good. Um, I think Amanda, when she was working with us, she took her griddle out to the grill because with the smash burgers, they do splatter yeah. grease yeah. a lot. And so it was nice to move oh, it wow. outdoors versus yeah. indoors. That's great idea. And I have wow. a friend who does that with bacon. She's got a great garden, a lot of tomatoes coming in, and she will turn her grill on and put cast iron on the grill and cook up a bunch of bacon so she's not baconing up her house um oh. and uh and then she'll cook a bunch of that and then she has it cooked so when she wants it she just has to really rewarm it a little bit and she's got a blt at the ready or if you're camping again it's a great vessel um for camping because it's very durable yeah everything uh -huh. else has to be packed light and dehydrated but <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly balance is out we have a it's it's a you know it's like a skillet but it has like a grill pan bottom so you know we like to do that and you know it makes it nice for when we're doing steaks or pork chops in the winter you know just to still get that grill mark and keep you know it's and then you flip it and put mm -hmm. it in the finish it off in the oven um, and it looks like you know it looks and tastes like it's came off the grill 
Well, the other thing too for cast iron skillets, they're great for weights. Sometimes you have to weight food down, you know, if you're a a variety of things and, you know, cover your food maybe with a plate or some paper towels and a plate or something, and then put a cast iron skillet on top of it. It's a great kitchen weight. (laughs) Well, and our like, (laughs) there you go. Exactly. And our number one tip of thawing frozen stuff is to put it right on the cast iron. Forgot about that. Yes, yeah. because it um, absorbs that cold and it quickly thaws it. And then the pan gets it's very It's an amazing <laughs> yeah. tip. I mean, it really does work. It's just, just, uh, just a phenomenal little bit of physics there. Exactly. Just don't put your tongue on it. Yeah. Like, um, what's the kid from, what's the kid <laughs> from Christmas Story? Yes. <laughs> and to make it even faster, if you have two pans, you know, you can really yeah. you know, sandwich it. Yep. <laughs> No pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Might be a little flattened. (laughs) Um, So what, all right. So now you've got your cast iron um, purchased. You've got it cleaned. You've got it seasoned. You've got some vessels in mind. What, and you know, some uh, variety of, of places and wares you can cook it. What do you like to cook in cast iron? Anything in particular, or you really think of it for? We do a lot of um, pork chops, like steaks, um, potatoes are, you know, get a nice crispy. Oh, yeah. Um, John is really good at that. Yes, he is. (laughs) I I do potatoes. Like right now, recently, I've been doing potatoes and Brussels sprouts and sort of caramelizing them. And sometimes I'll do fish in there, and sometimes I I won't, depending on how crowded one of the pans is. I usually try not to use both of them at the same time. But I think of, yes, growing up or when I first started cooking um, for myself and my ex, pork chops was one. Skillet pork chops I made a lot. But fried chicken is what I think of. Grandma's fried chicken. (laughs) That's the one. But I also, like you had said before, Maddie, I did a story and I think I did it on, um, it was a cornmeal slump and I just love that. Yeah, totally. that's one of my favorites. I think I did a cobbler in one where it was like a berry, you know, and then just like yeah. a like a top, it, you know, cooks up quickly and bubbly and warm and the topping is good too. I mean, desserts is one that I always think kind of gets forgotten in the mix with cast iron. Right. Um, but our cast iron cookbook has tons of like a variety of recipes from breakfast pizza to, you know, all kinds of stuff, which is yes. fun. We mm-hmm. thank you for mentioning that. We do have a cast iron um, cookbook on our website at cuisineathome.com. If you go to the, the store, you can find the cast iron cookbook there. And there's a ton of, of great recipes. One thing to mention too is that, you know, we were talking about desserts and we had talked about earlier that cast iron carries over that the heat retains so you do have to be mindful if you're taking a recipe that was cooked either developed for cast iron or not developed for cast iron it may be different if you're not using that vessel so if a recipe didn't call for cast iron then you cook it in cast iron just be mindful that if you leave it in the pan, there might be a, a bit more carryover cooking of something and vice versa. Like a cobbler, for instance, like we, we're we very particular on giving the size of the pan we use because pending if you go smaller or larger, it could affect your cook time as well. Mm-hmm. So 
good one. Good point. Yes. Yes. And I'm thinking, I think I also did, you know, I did years ago. I love this recipe and it was very flavorful. It was a pear to tan and it had a red wine sauce. So there, it was poached pear. It was red wine poached pears. I think that recipe is on our website. That was another one. Um, but, and a lot of, I think a lot of cast iron, I could be wrong, but I think most cobblers and grunts and stuff, they're usually don't have a bottom crust. Um, that's exactly. when you really yeah. have to think of it mm-hmm. when you, if you're cooking something with a bottom crust, that's when it mostly will be affected. I think. And your, was your deep dish pizza, Pam, done in a cast iron? Thank you. Yes, it was. That was another tasty <laughs> yeah. one. That was. It was. Yeah. I love that dough. Oh gosh, mm-hmm. I love that dough. Well, and you mentioned that uh, breakfast pizza with the tater tots. Oh, yeah. Um, fabulous. <laughs> I remember working on that one, and I think I opted to use mini tater tots, so it was even extra crispy. <laughs> so you, like, cooked uh, them in there, and then you pressed them, uh-huh. so you had more of the, you know, kind of the crunchy sure. outside than the fluffy inside. Oh, yeah, that one was good. I oh, think yeah. I also did a French toast casserole. Yes, there's, I'm looking right now, there's frosted cinnamon rolls in the, mm-hmm. in the breakfast brunch part. There's frosted cinnamon rolls with sticky syrup, French toast casserole with pecans and streusel topping, chocolate monkey bread, which is one you did. And I think it was in a cast iron bunt pan, wasn't it? I believe so. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Bacon tomato Dutch baby, apricot scones with cinnamon chips. I think we used a cast iron scone pan. Uh, ham and cheese quiche with yep. sweet potato crust. Oh, I remember that one. You did that, Maddie, I think, didn't you? I think you? that was Robin. Oh, was it Robin? Okay. And then blueberry pancakes. Yeah, pancakes and, and cast iron just are, duh. And the fun thing <laughs> that I liked about that cast iron book was that we tried to use a variety of different pans because yes. it's amazing the different kinds of pans. There was a, an actual scone pan. There was a popover pan. They even have a little, the little corn, you know, kind yep. of pan where you can make cornbread that look like uh-huh. little corn. <laughs> corn. Uh, that, that one's actually, that's a family story because my mom grew up with one of those corn pans and she, oh. you know, never could find one. And then all of a sudden there it is, you know, at a thrift store or something like that. Oh, you know. <laughs> Had to have Great it. Rendering. She couldn't, couldn't not have it. Yeah. She brought that home. And then you have to have two of them because you're going to be making a lot of cornbread. So, Right, because they're lit all in. Uh, I'm just going to run through the the uh, highlights for the skillet meals in the cast iron cookbook. There's skillet fried chicken. Yes. Mm-hmm. Skillet roasted chicken with thyme lemon sauce. Korean galbi uh, short ribs. I think you did those, John, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, uh, the flank and ribs, I believe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Salmon chowder skillet. Steak yeah. Diane. Chicken fajitas with cilantro, lime pesto. Fajitas are good in a cast iron tube because you can get that real char. Classic cheeseburgers with bacon, onion, jam. Pan roasted pork chops with milk gravy. Yum. Steak and broccolini stir fry. Chicken fried steak with cream gravy. Spicy pulled pork. Skillet shepherd's pie with cheddar mashed potatoes. Pepperoni pizza mac and cheese. Oh, I think I did that one. Chicken cheddar panini with artichokes and apple tamale pie with cornbread topping, upside down chicken pot pie with biscuit crusts, chicken and apple sausage skillet with kale, skillet pizza with sopressata and fennel, sauteed chicken with Provencal quinoa pilaf, I remember that one, 
and skillet ribeyes with lemon and garlic. Yeah, and if we have not mentioned steak and cast iron, the I that takes me back to college. I remember my college boyfriend, he loved to cook and he was a pretty good cook and he made cast iron steaks all the time and kind of in the French way. You would just do a quick pan fry with a little butter, salt and pepper and always with mustard. <laughs> so good. Mustard. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like I said, very French. <laughs> So then some highlights on the on the skillet meals. Yeah, fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I'm scanning through the pages here. Um, oh, let's see. Did we do Ebelskeevers? We, I don't know if in this book, but we have done Ebelskeevers in the issue. Now yeah, we got a couple it. of times. Yep. No, and that pan is so fun because it's like, you know, they... They do turn out round, you know, you start it and then you just got to flip them. And it, I mean, it's just a fun recipe. It is. And it it's a very specific pan for a very specific meal or whatever. Yeah, breakfast? breakfast. <laughs> kind of like donut holes, I guess. Pancakes? Yeah. They're fantastic. Then we get into sandwiches, I think. Or maybe, yeah. did we already talk about that? Maybe. Oh, no, there was a, tami- a, a panini, which I don't know if I'd mentioned. We talked about that earlier. We talked about using the weight of another skillet right. to press the panini. So you don't need a, a actual panini press necessarily. Uh, yeah, why get another machine to take up more space when you can just use one of your trusty pans? <laughs> oh, yeah, here we go. Here's some sides. Fresh cut French fries. I used to make French fries in a, a skillet, too. It depending on how many you're you're cooking for. If you know, you might need a a Dutch oven, something deeper. But for one or two, and if you're not having you know Flintstone sized portions, then you probably can make (laughs) some fries in in a a skillet. But they're uh, yum. So what do we have on our sides and snacks? Calico beans with bacon and kielbasa, cheesy pull apart bread, dilly bread with cottage cheese. Apple and onion cornbread <laughs> with cheddar, <laughs> pumpkin bread, pumpkin bread with cream cheese and streusel. Oh yes, I forgot about this. Modern popcorn with flavor boosters. You can talk about that in a second, John. Um, all-purpose <laughs> chicken wings with three dipping sauces, fresh cut French fries, cheesy olive dip, apple and French onion dip, smashed potatoes with bacon, yum, and skillet potatoes with apple and onion. Um, on the popcorn, did you use a wok? Was that what you used? Now I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think that's exactly. Right? That sounds right. I was trying to think, what did I use? Did I use a Dutch oven? No, I think it was that. And that reminds me, I ran across it yesterday. I can't remember why, but they actually make cast iron lids so you can cover something uh, like a wok or a skillet. Uh, actually, it is sort of a... universal. I'm I'm going to correct both of us. It, right? it was a skillet, but um, we have used a wok, just a regular wok, in the test kitchen for making popcorn before, and it is a really good um, vehicle because it it's a lot of space for movement of your your uh, kernels. Yeah, we it, do it at home too. I'm moving, I'm mm-hmm. moving it away. Yeah. Yep. And I don't have a cast iron lid for my wok. So I just always use kind of my glass lid for one of my saute pans. Right. You know, or just to sure, keep it sure. kind of oh, like yeah. contained. <laughs> well, yeah. also in a pinch too, if, I mean, if you have something domed, it's better. But if not, you can always take a baking sheet 
and lay it on top of a pan too, just to as a yeah. Oh, here we go. Let's get into the sweets now. What do we have? Ooh, plum upside down cake with brown butter and orange. That's kind of what I was talking about before. It sounds very much like the poached pear thing. Uh, chocolate sour cream pound yeah. cake with ganache. Oh yeah, that was so good. Mexican chocolate creme brulee. Cast iron raspberry bomb with vanilla wafers. Chocolate peanut butter skillet cookie with marshmallow fluff and apple and cranberry cobbler. Anybody want to jump in? Yeah, you're making me hungry. I yeah. was going to say that um, the plum upside down and yes. actually probably any uh, upside down works so well in cast iron because things are going to get caramelized and they're not going to be, just be all caramelized on one side or the other. Mm -hmm. They're going to be evenly caramelized and uh, a beautiful thing to turn out to see how nicely uh, the patterns show up. It's a gorgeous image there. Yeah, I agree. Oh, and that cake with the oozy ganache that image is beautiful <laughs> and that was mine and i remember because we received a bunt pan and i mm -hmm. i remember i was developing it in the bunt pan and it didn't like we were curious if it was going to get real crispy you know and it didn't just because you know i don't think it you know you didn't preheat your pan kind of thing that always is a good little tip when you're using cast iron um, but for a lot of some of the desserts, you didn't necessarily do that. It was just kind of like the baking vessel. Um, but it really turned out to be a really nice um, cake. Yeah. Well, it's just giving you kind of even heat all around. Yeah. But that pan was heavy, too. <laughs> oh, I bet. Well, then you're having to turn it out. Turn it out. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm -hmm. something to, to note, too, one of the things of cast iron to think about, too, when it's on the stovetop, one of the things that it does because it retains heat, it sort of, it it holds the heat, even though you've got different, like, temperature on the outside, like in an oven, it's all the, you know, it's, it's 350 degrees or something. And so it's a contained, you're getting that sort of from all angles. But in the stove, not so. And because cast iron, once it sort of gets to temp, it's even. That's one of the beauty of, especially on the stovetop, it really does hold the heat better for you and it's more consistent. On the other uh, extreme, I'm yes. looking at uh, the recipe for the cast iron raspberry bomb. Oh, oh. yes. Using cast iron to refrigerate. That's, yep. Yeah, that, that baby got real cold. <laughs> <laughs> like you touch it and you're going to get like freezer burn it like. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got to let it sit for a little bit before turning it out. <laughs> I think with that one, too, I lined it with a uh, plastic wrap just to make sure to give it another good point to pull out of that right. very cold pan. <laughs> Did you I'm assuming you dipped it before you had to turn it out. Yes. Um, okay. You can either wait a while, but it did help if you were impatient like me, <laughs> you know, just to kind of put some warm water, you know, on the outside just to kind of loosen it up mm -hmm. a little. Um, not too, you don't want to keep it in there too long because you don't want it to melt because you do want it to be cold. Um, but it does definitely helps to, you know, be patient and kind of dip it and check it. And <laughs> well, that's the end of the cast iron book. But we, I mean, we have oodles of cast iron recipes in many issues and in other cookbooks that we have too. It's not just this book. This was just all dedicated to cast iron because it it sort of had a resurgence cast iron in the last many years. And, and it's always been a love of ours for a variety of reasons, as we've discussed here. 
always check out our website. There's a ton of content there, cast iron or look through your issues. You'll, you'll find it. Is there anything else anybody wants to add in terms of cast iron? You really can go crazy with the kinds of pans. Um, I, you know, we have a couple just cause it is nice to, to have different sizes and different varieties, like the, you know, the grill bottom versus the flat and it is really one pan that is worth investing in and keeping around for a many, many years. <laughs> yes. I mean, it can easily be an heirloom. So, yeah. I mean, some people, they do have like their grandmothers, they've been passed down through families and things like that. And I'm one for having less is more, especially as I've gotten older. I prefer things that are not one trick ponies or anything like that. But I do have a Dutch oven. I do have skillets and I do have grill griddle and that's pretty much it for me um but that's I mean that's a decent amount <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah that's more than most people yeah. <laughs> get one if you don't have it <laughs> yeah and they're not a price point of entry is inexpensive uh even if you bought a brand new one you can get them at the hardware store you can get it at the hardware store right. the farm store Boarding uh, stores because of yep. camping. <laughs> exactly. You can get, yeah, go to Bass Pro. They have them. Shields, um, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Check out uh, garage sales, yard sales, um, thrift stores. Yeah. Uh, but if you just buy one, even just straight from a website or, or brand new, you're not put, you're not set back a ton of money if you're just buying a, you know, straight up unenameled cast iron piece or something. If you're a, a thrifter or a garage sailor, the thing to do, the piece to look for are Griswold brand cast iron. That's the collector's item. So keep an eye out for Griswold, you know. So Griswold, they're no more, right? I believe that's what makes them collectible. So, yeah. But they were kind of a uh, bygone era. And uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Lodge beat them out. <laughs> we love Lodge. <laughs> yeah, they've been good to us. Yes, they have. Um, and a good product. Um, but yes, so whatever you find. All right. Well, thanks for joining us here today. Check out our website, cuisineathome.com for recipes. And if you are so inspired, grab our cast iron cookbook there. Please join us the next time for more must love food. Signing off. Thanks all. Bye. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom cuisine at home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at cuisineathome.com.